Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Reckless Speculation Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Sloan, tonight. And tonight we are talking college football. That's right. It's, for some, maybe the the first or the second best uh, uh, pastime next to the NFL. Um, I prefer uh, the NFL myself, but you know what? That That's neither here nor there. But uh, we want to welcome everybody that's tuning in tonight or listening. Uh, and again, we want to remind everybody to go ahead and like and follow us all on our social medias. We've got them all. I do have to replace that little bird in the lower left corner because it ain't the bird anymore, folks. It's it's X for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, but then, of course, what are we drinking? I know what the fellas are drinking. It's Jack. That's right. Jack Single Barrel Reckless Speculation Podcast is always powered by Jack. And uh, another fun fact, a little twist I'm going to throw into the intro here. Did you know September 19th, obviously this is the day we're recording, it'll probably hit uh, September 20th. But since it's September 19th, we're, we're talking, what is today? Well, it's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr, that's right, we made it. And we're going to bring on the co-hosts of this operation, Robbie Davis. Arr. Hey, I don't have any pirate voice, but I will say <laughs> I'm rocking one of my favorite pencils today. I'm a big pencil guy. Uh, this is from the Blue Ridge Inn in Georgia, B&B. Oh. Just oh, a okay. solid pencil. And I, I, I just do appreciate them. Well, not not many people using pencils these days. Uh, well, I make, kids... a lot of, I make a lot of mistakes, and so I have to erase a lot. <laughs> well, I think the kids are using mechanical pencils. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah. other than that, yeah, not many pencils being used. Not a lot of manual sharpening these days? Probably not. But here's a guy that's about to come on that I bet he uses pencils at his work site. Or on the golf course, of course, the little mini pencils. That's Brandon true. Chain. Yes, uh, the pencils I use do not have erasers, so <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> no, the, I'm sure the, yours the, has quite a big one on it. <laughs> the little itty bitty ones there, but uh, yeah, I mean, last week was an, another fun weekend of college football. Obviously, this weekend is one for uh, the ages. Topped off with Ohio State and Notre Dame, which we definitely will be getting into a little bit later. Um, but before we get this thing going, we have to always thank our sponsors to help us put this thing together. And is the one, the only Davis Kessler and Davis law firm. If you're in the Chattanooga area and you need any sort of law, uh, advice, um, you got a drunk driving, uh, get into an accident, 
anything, this is the number to call. Go check them out, daviskessler.com. Hopefully I got that right this week, uh, Robbie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or if you're, cat, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a cat and you get arrested. Yes, the cats. I mean, there is a there is a big run on cats getting uh, getting arrested these days. You got to neuter. You got to neuter and spay your animals, ladies and gentlemen. You got to do that. Don't forget about that. And, all, of course, C&W Construction, our very own Brandon Chain. Um, I think the pictures do it justice. Anything you need done whether it's new build to uh, outdoor patio, anything, you name it, they're going to get in, get in there and get you covered. Uh, obviously in the greater Nashville area, and I'm sure a little bit further out. So give them a call, yeah. go follow them on Facebook. Hey, hey, not too much further though. You would think I, Brandon and I have been friends as long as we can remember. And I try to get him to, hey, can you come do a project on my house? Oh, no, 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 no. Two hours is way too far. Can't get him to do anything. Uh, it's I'm just like, come on. Hey, hey, he's got enough work. He doesn't need your work to do. Either. And that's 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 out of his range. That's out of his not, range. Like I told you, it's it's more my subs traveling that far than myself. I don't mind it, but uh. <laughs> tax write off. Just write them all. <laughs> and of course, we're missing one fella. Raj Mehta, he'll be here shortly. Um, last night in the meeting, it was nine, and then it changed to nine fifteen. So uh, we're we're sitting here just about ten after nine. Uh, so we expect him here within the next few minutes. So when he pops in the green room, we will make sure we get him on. So, but uh, let's get this train on the track tonight. We're going to talk first about the wild game that took place in Boulder last Saturday night into Sunday morning between Colorado and Colorado State. This game was hyped from the ju the jump. You had uh, Coach uh, Novell uh, kind of taking a, a slap at, at, at Prime, talking about he, he was taught at a young age to, when he's speaking to an adult to take his hat off and, and glasses, and that definitely fueled what is an already um, pretty strong rivalry. Obviously, this made it a little bit more um, so the game gets underway and right off the jump, you, you had a lot of cheap shots being thrown by both teams. Um, and I think the refs, and we talked about this yesterday, I think the refs kind of got, let this thing get out of hand and they may not have been prepared for what was going to happen. I think everybody in America knew what was going to happen except for this officiating crew, which, I think the NCAA needs to do something about that. But uh, Brandon, what do you make of of the fact that these these personal fouls just continued to happen over and over again? Is that is that a, a, a mark on the coach, or is it these kids just not being disciplined enough to know when they need to you know pump the brakes a little bit? Probably a good combination of both, but I would put more on the coach uh, than the kids. I mean, that's that's their job. You got to shut that down. I mean, I get it. It's chippy, and you want a mouth off, and you know, do your talking on the field, and just again, and the refs, like you said, to to your point, you gotta you gotta nip that in the butt quick because it's only going to snowball from there. And that's exactly what happened until somebody gets hurt, seriously injured. And and that's what we, we saw, which is very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there's talks of him being out for the whole season. So, I mean, that's that's just so sad because he, he, man, had a bright season ahead of him this year. Yeah. Uh, he's their – probably their second best guy on offense and their number one guy in defense. So, mm-hmm. you're, you're essentially – you're like taking Shohei Otani off the Angels in, in a sense that, you know, that that's the the dynamic uh, play that this guy has. Robbie, before the game even started, warm-ups, there was a lot of talking back and forth. Travis Hunter was kind of right in the mix of all of it. Shador Sanders as well. Um, and, and I think that kind of triggered a lot of these Colorado State players. And to them, they felt a little bit slighted in this game. They came in at a, I believe it was twelve point underdog, which was no, 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 twenty two or something like oh, that. Twenty two, okay, excuse yeah. me, twenty two. Which um, I think these these kids kind of took offense to that being a rivalry game. I know well enough Michigan, Michigan State that even when Michigan State has a down year, they they just show up for these games. Um, so the, the 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 I guess the tempers started early on. Yeah, well, yeah, and. Uh... I'll echo Brandon's point. Look, there's adult coaches and there's kids playing a game. Um, so that's the first thing. The second level is the refs have to have some awareness. They know game day is going to be there. It's a game day starts at what? 6 a.m. in Boulder or maybe 7 a.m. I think they're in mountain time, whatever time. I think they're mountain it's time. two. Yeah, it's mountain time. So, so 7 a.m. They're there. They're hype trains there. This is Colorado State's players. They're one time of the year to be in the limelight. Mm. That f- anything, the first thing questionable, you throw a flag, personal foul, everyone calm down. We're taking control. Mm-hmm. You let them get chippy, and then the adults start uh, encouraging the kids to do stuff that, that, that keeps you know, That's how people get hurt. And that's the main thing about sports that uh, – we're going to talk on our next show about injuries and these kind of injuries are like, it's real. And these kids, these kids are, they're not playing for free anymore, but if you're Travis Hunter, you're thinking, man, is no one going to protect me? I mean, at least I would be, I'd be like, look, what, what do I do? Cause I've got two more years to play. Uh, I need better refereeing. I need better protection. And that's not a shot on Colorado. That's just a shot. The refs, I don't think we're prepared uh-uh, for this all. moment. And uh, I agree, Tom. I think the NCAA or the PAC, I can't remember what crew it was uh, that was working it, but people got to get together. They got to communicate and they got to say, look, this crew may not be ready for prime time and let's fix this. Right, right. So prime time plan words. <laughs> exactly. So specifically looking at that that penalty, it was it was dirty from the word dirty. Uh the guy knew what he was doing. And this is a team captain on the Colorado State side who um you know he's well respected and unfortunately because of what he did, he's he's getting some death threats. But um would you if you were the official in this situation, would was that hit egregious enough for a, uh, an expulsion from the game? Because in my opinion, I, I think they should have probably um, eliminated somebody early on, and I and it probably would have tamped some of the, the emotions at that point. 
Um, well, I think they. I think there needs to be some flexibility in the rules with college. Like, although I'm not a fan of the targeting rule, but if you can suspend someone a, a half a football for a legit, I'm jumping, you're jumping, and we hit helmets, and you can suspend someone for a half. I think you should be able to suspend someone for a half on something that looks intentional or egregious. Um, and before I pass it to Brandon, shout out to. Dion today, yes. who who said the death threats are ridiculous. There's mm-hmm. no no part in the in this sport or any sport in general. It, right. It's a sport. It's a game we're playing. It's a game. Mm-hmm. It, it's not life or death. So shout out to Dion. I think he, he handled that with such class today. Hundred percent. And Brandon, what what is your take? Like, do you think if if they would have set kind of the example early on and ejected that player, maybe some of the extracurricular would have subsided after that point. Yeah, I think it would have. That's that's the whole point we're trying to make is that, you know, the refs have to really take control of the game or it can get out of hand. And once you give, you know, an inch, they're going to take a mile. So, uh, and, and that's what happened. And you should be able to review plays like that mm-hmm. and go back, especially after someone gets injured and be like, okay, that was definitely egregious and, we've got to do something about it uh, and not just let it fly with a flag. So um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's it's getting people hurt already. And like Robbie said, we're going to talk a lot more about other injuries and different situations, but um, this is preventable. This is preventable. That's the the intent of that was to hurt him. Yeah. And that's a great point, Brandon. Look, while they're, while the injured person's on the floor, or on the ground, there's people in the booth. Hey, buzz down in your ear. It's yeah. not even, it doesn't need to be reviewable. Just buzz right. down and yeah. be like, this guy's got to go. Yeah, this guy's got to go. And that should that should be able to happen, and it, and yeah. it could easily. Sure. It, which would also in itself deter people from, you know, doing stupid stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they definitely needed to kind of set the tone, and, and they didn't, and and that crew yeah. should be held, held accountable for that. But – Outside of all the chaos and the noise, this was probably the game of the weekend. Colorado mm-hmm. State gave Colorado everything they had, and it took an unbelievable 98-yard drive by Shador and the Buffaloes just to get an opportunity to tie with a two-point conversion, and they hit the big tight end uh, to make it, send it into overtime. Are we uh, – Robbie, I'll start with you. Are we seeing an evolution of of a superstar in the making? Somebody of the ilk of maybe a Lamar Jackson, or or into that effect? Because the question coming into this season was: Yes, Shador Sanders is going to be a really good quarterback, but how is he going to be able to handle the Power Fives, the, the the bigger schools that that have faster athletic kids? And I think. It, all indications are he's stepped up and he's really sh- shown that he can handle that. Are we looking at somebody that's a potential Heisman slash top 10 pick here in the making? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the old cliche is the apple does not fall, fall far mm-hmm. from the tree is yeah. so true here. Look, his dad, his prom time. I mean, that's his nickname. Like, you know, yeah. like he was the ultimate, sports entertainer and cocky 
or I'd say confident, not even cocky, just confident he and backed it up. And looks like his son's got every bit of the making of it. But the numbers for this game, well, the numbers for game day were ridiculous. It was three million people the last hour, which was their top rated September game since 2018, I think. And then at 2.30 a.m. Eastern, granted, I was one of these people that was asleep but had it on. Not me. (laughs) But uh, it did 8.3 million views. Wow. And that's 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 cable. That's not YouTube TV. That I mean that that's a gigantic number. For, wow. I mean that's astronomical for that time slot. Much less well, that, just college that's, football. That's the power of Prime. You yeah. know, we'll hashtag that. The power of yeah, Prime. So, so and, is he a Heisman candidate? Is he a Heisman favorite? Absolutely. Look, they're 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 leading. Uh, they they played Colorado State this weekend, and. Their leading sports shows. Uh, yep. We'll see what what happens. Like it, it 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 really sucks that Hunter is hurt for mm-hmm. Oregon and USC because yeah. yeah that 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 may derail this hype train. But yeah, no, I mean it, it's not going anywhere. And, and I got some uh, teaser. My final thoughts are going to tie into this. Okay, okay. <laughs> and 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 Brandon talking about the upcoming games and I, I I think this uh, the, the the theme of this weekend not only with Colorado it, it it's Notre Dame Ohio State is we're gonna find out who they are mm-hmm. and there's gonna be a lot of questions answered come Sunday about some of these teams that have come out of the gate really good Colorado this week has to go to Oregon not an easy place to play I believe they're a 21-point underdog. And then they go to USC. It, it's a tall task. But I think I I think we've all been doubting. from the, the Even Vegas at the start of the season had the over-under uh, wins this year at three and a half, and they're already going to sur- surplus that. So um, there's been a lot of doubters, and, and, and they've really come to the plate and shown that, hey, we're for real. But this week's a different scenario. How do you see this game playing out? And and will Deion Sanders kind of know what buttons and dials to push with these kids to get them going? Because last week against Colorado State, let's not sugarcoat it. It's not a good football team. And, and they almost lost at home. This coming Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to get away with some of the mistakes that they made. Yeah. So – Back to the uh, 98-yard drive or 97-yard drive, whatever that was that Shador had. Let's just go ahead and say this. I mean, he is, as of right now, the most clutch yeah. quarterback in college football right now. I mean, and not only that drive, but he made several plays throughout that game that he had to make. They absolutely had mm-hmm. to have uh, to, to keep hanging on. So, that being said – I mean, this, this team is a fighting team. I mean, even, you know, in a bad game like that where they had a lot of hiccups and, and some mistakes, they still fought through and battled back. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Oregon. I don't think they're quite ready yet. They're still working on their chemistry. They hadn't really played. You know, TCU was a overrated joke, um, and that was that was a big hype game just – to start with. And then, 
Um, I, you know, we'll get to that in your bet your nuts. I don't think they're going to beat Oregon, but I think I think the game's going to be closer than than what you think. Okay, Raj, welcome on, um, and Whoa. thank you for joining today. I know you had a you had a rough day. You know, we discussed last night, uh, but we're still hitting in on the the Colorado Colorado State game, um, and I'm going to come back and ask you this question that I just asked uh, the other guys. Okay, Shador Sanders the. 98-yard drive he had in the late in the fourth to, to tie the game. What does that do for, I guess, his his standing as far as upper echelon quarterbacks in, in the country goes? Can we can we look at him? Brandon said he's officially the most clutch quarterback in the in the country. I, I, I tend to, I mean, so far this year, he's he's proven that. Um, do you now since he's been put to the test in, in these, these crucial situations, drove him down, withstood a nasty targeting hit, got right up and made the plays. Where do you see him right now in the eyes of Heisman voters and, and maybe potential um, draft pick number? I mean, well, first of all, I'm sure you guys talked about the number of eyeballs that are on Shador right now and I don't know if you guys touched on the ratings or not, but yeah, that was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth most watched time slot ever on ESPN. So that certainly helps. I mean, that's free pop- propaganda. Um, you know, I said this about USC and they're very USC-esque. You can rebuild skill position, uh, elite talent and speed in a year off season. What you can't do is create depth, especially across the lines. And they haven't had any sort of, threat whatsoever uh, coming after Shador. He's had all day to throw. Now, he is very Caleb Williams-esque in that, you know, he's most deadly when he stretches the play out, steps up in the pocket, rolls. Uh, He did the same thing with Jimmy Horn Jr. against uh, TCU. Now, what I also don't understand is Colorado had not scored a touchdown on eight straight drives. CSU goes into basically a prevent, which – prevents you from winning. That's all it achieves. They were dropping seven, rushing four almost the whole time. You give a guy like that, you're not getting any pressure all day. He's going to find the holes. And he found the holes. Um, Don't get me wrong. I I think he's elite and with the right team. And, you know, Caleb goes number one and, you know, he comes back down to earth a little bit like we expect. You know, I think some of us do with Oregon and USC looming. Um, you know, he's going to find himself probably drafted. You know, he went from a, oh, this guy will never play in the league to a first round consideration. And he'd probably go to a decent team. And if that's the case, I mean, it's certainly sure that he has it. Yeah. And he's got the guy who like invented it. <laughs> so as his father, that's just straight up <laughs> swag. And, and like, yeah. I mean, Dion can't touch anything in the world respects him. I mean, you just can't not. I mean, he backed it up. And so, you know, there's just a lot of things at his disposal that are great, but the jury's still out, in my opinion. Yeah, but so far, I and, and I think my comment prior to the season starting was, you know, I think he's going to be good, just not yet. And I I might be eating crow a little bit. Um, so, like I said a few minutes ago, it's we're going to learn a lot about who they are and a lot about other schools uh, coming into this weekend with just, just an absolute loaded uh, slate of games. But uh, 
Moving on to the other big game of the night, which turned out to be kind of a big dud. And sorry, Robbie, for that. And uh, that's Tennessee going down to Florida where they haven't won in 20 years. Uh, the swamp has been somewhat of a kryptonite for the volunteers. Uh, Joe Milton looked a lot like the Joe Milton that I knew that played at Michigan. He just missing receivers, albeit Florida. They really brought a lot of pressure on him. Um, and, and so I'll kick off with you, Robbie. Uh, what's your feelings after that game? And and kind of what's your feelings moving forward with, with your Tennessee volunteers? Um, I don't want to overreact because I think this is the most lackluster field of college football teams that I can think back to till that. I think it was the 07 LSU team that won with two losses. Uh against Brandon's Ohio State team. Um, I think that was that, – that, that, this is what this year reminds me of. It's a loss on the road. It's a swamp. Look, it's 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 been the Vols' Achilles heel um, my entire life. 20 years since we've won down there. I think we've only won down there once in my entire lifetime, uh, and I'll be 40. So, um, yeah, it's just bad. And the, the troubling thing is this is – so – as Tennessee flew onto the map last year, um, this is now three years in the three three road losses in a row, albeit very difficult environments. But it does beg the question of when you spread the field out as wide as Hypel does, can everyone hear the play and can they get on the same page? If there's any, like, so it's basically. You run what's when you're running fast because Tennessee doesn't huddle and they rely on hand skit signals and you know cadences. Is like if if you can't hear, is that just a, re- a built-in disaster for that right. formation? And so uh, that's to be seen. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just it was just kind of a uh, yeah. This I mean. I think most of us picked Florida to cover at least, but this was just a, it's a, it's the swamp at night at those games are tough to win in the sec. Brandon, this now is his third road loss, Josh Heupel. And, and you know, it as well as I do, if you're going to want to compete, compete for championships, you got to go on the road and you got to, you got to win these big games. Um, Last year he lost they lost to Georgia, they lost to South Carolina, now they lose to Florida. Um, is there reason for some concern in 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 Knoxville that that maybe Hypo's team doesn't have what it takes to to go on the road and compete with the the big boys? Yeah, I think there's good reason for concern there. Uh, it, it, they just they look like they weren't ready for the big show. I mean, they just – they look like a completely different team. I mean, they – and Florida is not a good team. And I get it's a tough place to play. And to Robbie's point, I'm sure there was a lot of things like that going on. But as the head coach and knowing the SEC and knowing that these places are tough to play and predicting what's going to happen as far as crowd noise and, and that such, you got to get your guys ready for that. And they just look – looked lost out there half the time 
I mean, even the Florida's offensive line is terrible, and they were pushing them all around. I mean, they were running the ball all over them. Mm-hmm. It's just it it did yeah uh, exactly, Robbie outcoached. Um, yeah, well, out so, prepared. Or, that was um, me. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, exactly. That's that's exactly what happened. They were completely outcoached because they're well. Tennessee's a t- more talented team overall on the field. Well, sure. I, I how much I. I guess this is a general statement, but these primetime games are, I think the home team kind of has the advantage because you know, you know, the road team just wants to get out there and, and get right to it. But, you know, they got to sit back and watch the early, early uh, games and, and, you know, they, they hear the crowd and they see all that. So I think the the home teams kind of have that momentum well, going, and, going and in. over the weekend. We saw it in college and NFL it was hot as hell in Florida over the weekend. Mm-hmm. No, it was. <laughs> well, and then, you know, you got this whole, uh, you know, Tennessee hasn't won in 20 years and blah, blah, blah. And they come in as a favorite. It, you know, just all this you know, pressure and mm-hmm. hype. But again, that's up to the coach to get these yeah. kids ready for that. So, 100%. Uh, uh, I got to. So, one thing I wanted to state about this game was. Um, I was very impressed, impressed with Florida's game plan, and it was pretty simple. I mean, they were going to smash them in the face and grind them up on the ground, which they did 172 for ETN. Um, I mean, total, they had, I wrote it, no, he had 183, or they had 183 total, three touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, but really, defensively, you know, I was wondering, where was the Joe Milton that we saw against Clemson because everybody kind of presumed that would be the Joe Milton we'd see all year this year. I know I did. I thought mm-hmm. he had turned the corner. Um, you know, one thing that I saw was, you know, I know Brew McCoy well after his transfer from USC. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's going to create separation and they're really missing that with Jalen Hyatt and, and other guys. Um, you know, last year I looked at the Clemson game and squirrel white. Um, he had nine for 108 in the TD three for 68 this game and Ramel Keaton, uh, they're two game breakers, really, uh, in my opinion, I think Robbie would agree, you know, two, two guys that are speedsters and take the top off the defense um, four for 76 and a TD last year in the bowl game uh, three for 39. So really what I'm getting at is Florida kept everything in front of them and their secondary was outstanding, particularly Jason Marshall, Junior, the DB, he was uh, all preseason SEC defense. I think it was like third team. Um, but they had a, a freshman safety. I wrote down his name, Jordan Castell, and he was everywhere. Um, nine tackles or ten tackles, one pass deflection. He was just the antithesis of the Tennessee safeties who just, I mean, their tackling was just awful, especially that one dude on the 72-yard run. I mean, it was bad. And, yeah, for Tennessee, it was one or two plays that they lacked fundamentals on and they didn't make, but, but Florida did make them. And, and then you look at a guy like Ricky Pearsall, who, you know, on the stat sheet will, will be fairly modest, but it's a guy who I can't remember what they said on TV, but what percentage of his catches go for first downs and touchdowns. Um, he, he's just a guy that, that makes plays. And, and they had guys that came up big, all night, whereas UT did not. And I mean, we have a thread where they joke around about these wide receiver screens and, you know, a lot of that was Florida keeping them out in front, but I mean, what happened to 
the Joe Milton who was throwing 25 yard outs with the flick of the wrist, you know, like I didn't see anything like that. And that's, that's how, that's yeah. how he was at Michigan. Yeah. Unfortunately. And, and just in Ross, your point just real quickly. Yeah. Tennessee scored seven first seven got scored 23 or 26, nothing then outscored them in the second half. But this is the third game in a row where all three teams have played a two deep uh, safety, essentially a prevent. And they're saying none of this deep stuff, none of this yeah. deep crosses that we're not giving you that. You're going to do wide, wide receiver screens over and over and over again. And they're just waiting for mistakes or just one incompletion here. And then the sticks change. And, and so we'll see if they get better at that or, or not, or if it's going to be a long year, but, but the, the it's going to be interesting to see if this, how every team plays them the rest of the year. And if we still yeah, pro- have blueprint. problems with it. I, I think they laid down the blueprint to, you know, how to uh, defend against him. Austin so Peay really did it, and then Florida kind of copied it. Mm-hmm. I'll stick with you, uh, Robbie. You're the SEC guy here. Um, it's been lackluster. Um, Georgia has not impressed anyone. Alabama is in shambles with their quarterback situation. <laughs> I mean, you might be looking at Ole Miss as your potential best team right now in, in the SEC. Um is is this an anomaly that that there are so many struggles early on in 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 a conference that proclaims them to be you know the the cream of the crop uh in the country is there uh, is this the i guess i guess the question is is this nil at play here where the sec doesn't generally get the best of the best anymore um, I think this is a spreading out of quarterbacks is what I think it is. I think if you still go down the trenches, the SEC still has the best players. Um, but uh, Tom, I'll, I'll push back on you. Rocking, a lot of those Bama QBs, they all sucked. Yeah, I think LSU is the favorite in the SEC. They have zero losses. They had They were ahead of Florida State, had a bad half. They looked really good against Michigan or Mississippi State. Um, Ole Miss, though, I and I'm not going to spoil my pick there, but yes, yeah, I agree. Ole Miss looks good too. Yeah, I mean, it, but Georgia, it, it, Georgia looks mediocre. Yeah, I mean, the whole it, it, East is Missouri actually looks pretty. They got a good formidable. kicker. That yeah. was the game of the year, the game of the weekend. If that tells you anything, I said this real quick. This weekend to me was about teams that could have stamped their position on where they were in the polls, and they failed to do so. It, it, it was ugly, and they were letdown games. But Texas, uh, Florida State really should have lost if BC didn't have 100 or 17, 18 penalties for 130 yards, a la CSU. Um, mm-hmm. Georgia, you know, slept through 24 to 14. Michigan, you know, JJ Heisman had three picks. Uh, there's just a number of games where you know Penn State. 30 to what 13 at Illinois. The defense had five turnovers. I mean, you should hammer a crappy team like that. So it's just kind of status quo. And, and, you know, maybe a lot of teams were looking ahead because obviously ahead looks good. Yeah. And and early on in that Florida state, Boston college, is that a preview for the Tucker segment? That, that was said, that was said that Florida state might be looking, uh, looking ahead to this week. But um, Robbie, you mentioned Mel Tucker obviously right down the street from me this situation it it is as fluid as it's going to be 
the allegations obviously came out last week. Um, a little bit before that, of the we all know what's going on. MSU basically tells Mel Tucker yesterday that, um, yep, we're going to be firing you with for cause. Uh, Mel Tucker comes out today with a seething uh, six-paragraph rebuttal, in a sense, basically accusing um, the woman of kind of violating her her uh, rights or his rights, kind of like confidentiality rights. Um, so it, it looks to me like Mel Tucker's putting his gloves on here and he's going to fight tooth and nail with the university. Uh, Robbie, I, you, since obviously everyone knows you're the, um, the lawyer here and it says so on the screen, um, what does it mean that they're going to fire him for cause for all the, uh, the peasants in, in the room myself, um, that might not be sure what that means. Uh, educate us. Um, yeah. So, so in a nutshell, so you have a contract, you have a term of years, you have a compensation. And if you are fired for like, you can get fired for, I don't like you. We don't get along. You can get fired for almost anything that is not discriminatory retaliation or, uh, whistleblowing those kind of things. Um, but if you do have, if you're not at a at will or at, at work uh, state, then they may have to pay your contract. So I'm not sure on the ins and outs in the uh, what Michigan does. They're a high union state, so I would guess that there's probably a lot of power for employees. It it but- used to be a right to work, uh, uh, a no fault state basically. Now yeah. it's 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 changed. Yeah. So, but anyways, they've got this contract. So it's terms and conditions. So if they're, if they just fire him because they don't want him to work anymore, they're on the hook for his contract. You'll see that across the country with coaches. If you're firing, firing them for cause, that means the employee did something that caused the university to fire them for the good of the university, the good of the public good. Most of these universities are public universities, which means there are the same protections if you're a, you know, oh, I'm a police officer or I work at the clerk's office. The government has the, the federal government works different and the state government works different than a private employer. Um, all that being said, uh, in our meeting yesterday, I said I thought Mel Tucker gets 60 to 70 percent of his money um, after seeing this public statement. Um, I'm jumping it up to eight, 75-85%. I think if it's true what he what his lawyers are saying, um, he's got them by the... The short and uh, curlies. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, the facts haven't changed. The university policy hasn't changed. Nothing has changed except the public perception. And so public perception does not change university standards university standards change public perception. Right. And that is where they are going to fall on their face is Mm -hmm. if you knew and you didn't do anything and then all of a sudden the public knew and now you change your stance and yeah, so they, they are in a, based on what I've read to date and obviously things are leaked at different areas. This could, this is fluid, very fluid very dramatic, mm-hmm. but 
if I'm a lawyer on uh, each side, uh, I'll take Mel Tucker's side on this one as far as what I'm going to get paid. Brandon, one of the things that that Mel Tucker accused Michigan State University of was knowing the full scope of this story in March. Mm -hmm. But yet they chose to... I don't even know if keep putting it, keep it under the rug is the right statement here, but they chose to keep it kind of under wraps until, you know, within the last couple of weeks. Right. Does that maybe kind of put the onus on the university for kind of failing, not only, not only failing their, their, their depleted reputation, but failing the, the, the kids on the football field, because, Clearly, they didn't know what was going on. They're not going to know, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. They're only focusing on on school and football. Uh, does this kind of paint or shed a light on a, a bigger problem at this school? Absolutely. Uh, just like Robbie said, I think once the public got word and it was leaked. So from what I understood, and I could be completely off on this, that they had it was supposed to be a confidentiality. Um, hearing like it wasn't supposed to be leaked. And then once it did get leaked by her, supposedly, then that's when the university is trying to save face here and be like, oh, well, we, you know, we got to put our foot down and do something. It looked like th they weren't doing anything. Um, they were going through the procedures, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty kind of deal. And now it's, oh, yeah, well, because the public knows you're fired. Uh, yeah. So Mel Tucker, I, I'm with you, Robbie. I think he's got a hell of a case here. Uh, and I, I think he's going to get upwards of 80 to hundred percent of, of his contract and, after this. And, and don't forget about every advertiser that MSU sold for this football season. They sold them on a bill of goods. If they mm -hmm. knew they were false representing themselves and what was going to happen, they, 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 they should yeah. all have claims mm -hmm. also. Yep. Yeah, for sure. No, but to your point, uh, Tom, it, they need a clean house there at Michigan State yeah. from the top, top to down. bottom. Top yeah. to bottom. Top and, and, I mean, they've it, got to start all over. This is it, it's awful. Another thing that he said was he, he claims, and of course, these are all, you know, his words and, and who knows what's right from wrong, but he claims that that um, he had a medical condition that, that he wanted to um, – Take a medical uh, leave. Take a leave of absence on, mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously there's some mudslinging and and, and, and they're going to want to have a, as much evidence as they can to, to make their story look good. So, but yeah, I mean, we've got a local guy, um, uh, the Detroit Sports Radio, uh, I won't mention names, not a big fan of him, but um, he's he was always a big Mel Tucker supporter. And he came out yesterday very, very vocally and, and admitted that he's he was he's the worst thing basically that's ever happened to the school. He's the biggest fraud. And um, so and this is an absolute huge Michigan State Spartan slappy, him and his co-host. And they both are on the same page that yeah. this has just been a complete disaster and uh, they need to it, cut ties. If I that 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 one page document that was released today if I had to highlight one sentence that would make MSU be terrified would be, I cannot wait 
till we get to the discovery phase of this case because you have Mel Tucker who has agents, lawyers, everyone, every step of the way, a bunch against a bunch of college administrators, no, no, highly educated, very smart, but not necessarily savvy. And we've seen this with Gordon Gee. We've seen this with, uh, Good God, how many UT athletic directors has Tennessee fired? Um, yeah, that, like this, this is the mismatch in this realm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, two things legally, quick, and Rob, you can touch on these. Number one, it was so self-fulfilling in, in terms of MSU's enforcement of this agreement. Um, when Mel Tucker basically said he was denied due process, which I agree with him, and he called, you know, allegations in the process a sham michigan state turned around and says on the strict letter of the law and the contract you are violating uh, the good faith of this agreement basically by talking shit about the contract which he's being honest so he can't say a damn word without them claiming for cause they're desperate and they're throwing things at the wall and and the key here in the morality clause is a term called moral turpitude which has never legally been defined or delineated its roots were in the 1800s in immigration law between the U.S. and Canada. Um, it's been addressed. Uh, there was a case uh, like 50, 60 years ago that uh, basically used the words vileness, baseless, uh, just depravity never before seen by man. And it's kind of evolved to be, you know, conduct that is that would shock the fellow man in today's society. According I, to I, society. I, th- I think the words were... I can't I can't define obscenity, but I can tell you when I see it. Or I mean, in this world of sexting and whatnot, is anybody like shocked that that this happened? No. You, you know that yeah, I don't feel like this is whatever moral turpitude. And really it, it is all a leverage game. It's clear they're gonna part ways. And the question is who's gonna have to are they gonna have to pay more and, or pay less in this based upon whatever adjudication happens. Um, Robbie, what would be next? Would it be courts? Could it be a mediator? Did the contract provide um, for that? I I honestly think it's, I think it's already settled. Honestly, I think it's at least within um, five to ten millions of dollars. I think it's Tucker trying to save face through publicity. Michigan Tucker wants a new job. Michigan State wants to get a new coach um, because. You don't know. At the bare minimum, according to what I understand, Michigan State violated his due process under the state government laws. And so you can put him on leave and you can have a hearing, but to fire him before your hear- administrative hearing, that, that, that's, that violates your own policies. And then so, so thus you have predetermined the hearing to which you host. And so – I think it's already, I don't, uh, so, so best case scenario, I think, I think it's already settled. It's just people saving face. If it comes worst case scenario, um, Mel Tucker's attorneys file an injunction and you seek to remove everyone from the whole Michigan state system that has already predeposed this hearing that you have to have. And then you've got to, whatever that backup policy is going to be, and it's going to get real ugly. So, uh, yeah, and I think that, 
yeah, I, I can't imagine it's not settled. I just can't imagine. And their confidentiality agreements in place, and we all believe conspiracy theory wise that MSU leaked this prematurely. Sure, it's no doubt they wanted to, to get rid of him. Um, you know, and then they delayed for the, the court of public and legal opinion to see right. which way this yeah. would go. And, you know, one thing that Tucker said, he said he demanded an investigation into the leak itself, uh, which he has a right to do so. And uh, I don't believe that's happened. So, well, yeah, this is just both sides posturing and uh, something will happen. If, if a guy says he was going to go on FMLA and then. He kind of intimated that he didn't, and then he jerked off, or did he? Did he jerk off? What is it going to be? FMLA after he jerked off? I don't know. But FMLA and jerking off are not good for getting new jobs. About the only place he can go. Will there be a, no, a a non jerk off clause in the next coach's contract? Yeah. Well, Saban well, could hire him for as a DC as Saban's next project. <laughs> but uh, other than that, dude, like, uh, yeah, he better get enough money because. This career is over. Yeah, like I mean, like, let's say, let's say let's say you get eighty percent of ninety five million. Um, that's still you know seventy something. I hate math on the fly. That's a lot of money for the coach, but that's also a lot of money for the university, which they wanted this done anyways. That's still twenty million dollars they still saved. Well, that oh, that kind of that kind of leads for sure. That leads into my. My next question, and Brandon, I'll ask you. Um, they, I think they jumped the ship as far as it goes by throwing all that money at him. Um, clearly, this 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 program, this university, is at the bottom of the barrel right now, next to Northwestern in the Big Ten, uh, as far as uh, the court of public opinion, as as Robbie says, um, it's gonna take a, a big coach to come in here and kind of revamp the the program which is going to cost a lot of money again so where do you see the school going what direction uh possibly just kind of uh getting a couple years down the road let the dust settle and then maybe throwing some money at a big coach or are they going to go for a a home run you know right off the gate i don't think they can afford to go for another home run right out of the gate I think they need to set fire on everything and then let the smoke clear before they even consider rebuilding and then use the proper NIL channels and transfer portal uh, with somewhat of a, a better proven coach. And I don't think it necessarily has to be a big splash. I mean, uh, you know, like somebody like Matt Campbell, he's not working out so well at Arizona state, but you know, he's a great coach. I think mm -hmm. players coach, uh, some somebody like him who's complete opposite of Mel Tucker could be somewhat refreshing, you know. Um, and then you've always got your new guys. I, I know Brian Hartline's name was thrown out there as a potential head coach. I, I think actually, that guy's going to get the, the Ohio State job shortly. Yeah, I, I was going to say, if he goes to I, Michigan State, I won't be real happy with him. But I think I, there's, there's a guy on this list. There's a guy in this list who's got Michigan ties who – might have a little bit of a sketchy reputation from what we heard on this offseason, but he did wonders at Michigan State. Roll the boat, baby. I think P.J. Fleck could be somebody that they could look at. Um, uh, has kind of a, 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 a good name, we'll say. Could be good for recruiting. Um, he's, he's a good coach. I don't think he's really done a whole lot at Minnesota. I don't know if that's his fault or not. But I, I think he could be a safe 
candidate for Michigan State to maybe go after. I, I saw this. Tom, 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 this is your neck of the woods. Is Michigan State a better job today than Minnesota? Yes. yes. I think so. I think so. School resources, tradition, everything. Basketball, overall, athletically, yes. But I don't know. I was saying, PJ Fleck, dude, you look at that guy. That guy jerks off on the phone, dude. I don't think <laughs> so. Allegedly. Well, allegedly. no, he's got like 14 kids, so he, he ain't doing he that. Like a phone jerk. Yeah, he's got to do that before he goes in the bedroom. Otherwise, he'll have 15. Um, you know, another guy you know, I like is Mike Elko, the Duke coach. But I think they go for a young up and coming, you know, that Dan Lanning trend and Kenny Dillingham. I mean, um, we already had Tuck coming. Hartline, Hartline won't take it because he's – No. I think he's got the Ohio State job when Day loses again to Michigan. Yep. Sorry. Um, but, you know, somebody, you know, no. maybe a, a guy like Mike Tressel, Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, uh, Harlan Barnett, the interim head coach, um, I think he's considered the favorite. Sure so, Moore at Michigan. Yeah, just get a young guy and, and you got nothing to lose. It can't get – any worse as long as you get consent like excuse me uh miss um may i uh jerk off here uh on, on FaceTime, please? <laughs> all right we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap this topic up i think we've uh as we urban meyer urban we meyer ran, urban meyer to east lansing we ran yeah. this one into the ground so all right fellas uh we're gonna move on to a new little bit of a segment here we're gonna give our top five we're not worried about the espn or the ap nah we we see with our own eyes uh our top five and um raj i'll start with you give us your reckless speculation raj meta top five college football it, it's a blend between like teams that we talked about like who are playing the best right now as it appears and teams that you know that are just kind of settling in teams like georgia who we know are stacked on both sides, and they're just waiting for the quarterback to kind of fit in, win enough games, keep winning, eventually it'll happen. Um, so I started out with Georgia as my number one. Number two, I went with the, with Michigan barely, only because they haven't shown a damn thing. They're literally drawing plays on their hands. Interim coaches, you know Harbaugh is going to have something um, in store for the rest of the country. I like McCarthy. I like the running game. Do they have the playmakers? Uh, you know, guys, again, take the top off the defense. I don't know. That's my question. Um, but in the end, when I look at the trenches, I think that's the best set of trenches, them in Athens, in the country, and that's what I'm going to fall back on. Uh, number three, and not bias in operation, just based on what I've seen in the improvements is USC. Um, number four, Washington. I you know, people love seeing what Washington has done. Um, you know, they're not running the ball. They have great receivers and a good tight end. And Phoenix, yeah, they're, they're throwing it 1,500 times a game. But this is – this we, we've seen this movie before, and he's gotten hurt. And, um, you know, if you're one-dimensional in anything, I, I just – I got to see more from this team. And I think USC is more talented top to bottom. Uh, and number five is Notre Dame. They are getting three starters back for this weekend. Um, they're averaging something like three yards per carry on the ground defensively, or no, 2.6 going into last week. Um, they're a complete team. And with Estime, who is a bowling ball running downhill, and, and Hartman, who doesn't make mistakes and can make all the throws, 
uh, that is a team to watch out for. And so those are my top five after that OSU, FSU, PSU, Utah, and Oregon. Beautiful. Brandon, what's your top five? Not quite as detailed as Raj throwing out <laughs> no, the stats no. here, but let me Sorry. follow that. <laughs> uh, Georgia just, I mean, they haven't looked great, but I mean, I don't, I mean, they're, they're definitely talented enough to be there. Um, it's hard to knock them at this point. So I'm going to say Georgia. Um, it was close with Michigan too. I, I've got them at two. Um, I actually have Texas at three. Um, I like their road win in Alabama. I, I kind of forgot about Texas. My bad. I think that's a pretty um, pretty significant win. Quinn Ewers looks great right now. Um, I mean, they're they're rolling. And then I have uh, USC in Washington. Robbie, what's your uh, so yeah? Top I do five. I do mine by uh, well. I realized we're doing top five instead of top four, so let me add one real quick. Um, <laughs> nothing, li- nothing like live television. Uh, <laughs> even though it says top five all all day long. You looked so. at number four says top five. Yes, yeah. you got that. Yeah, so I, I do. I, I'm, I'm you know, doing this whole Samson Samsonite thing. I'm doing mine on my playoff <laughs> predictor. So I've got my number one seed as the Trojans. Number two seed is Texas. Number three as Washington. And welcome to controversy. I've got number four, LSU, over number five, FSU. Because I don't think the committee has enough balls to leave the SEC champ out, even in a down SEC year. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, he has and thought- I heard... I heard somebody bring that up. Like, is it feasible or possible that that an SEC doesn't get a representative in the in the in the top four? I I I'd be shocked if that ever happened. But uh, that'd be um, fucking hilarious, though. Yeah. For me, my top five is I'm just from what I see. Um, number one, I I got Washington. What what they did coming to East Lansing, they scored the first 41 points. Yes, they're one-dimensional, but I think that could possibly open up the ground game later on in the season. It, it, it's no secret the Pac-12 is the best division right now in, in college football. Uh, unfortunately, their last season <laughs> as a conference in fo- uh, college football. Um, so, back to Number two, I, I like Texas, and I, I, I agree with, with Robbie's sentiment. They're, that home win – or that road win was really big going into Tuscaloosa. Although Alabama doesn't have a quarterback, as we all know, still you're going into to a to a buzzsaw in Tuscaloosa, and that's got to count for something. Number three, Georgia. You you got to respect them, back to back champs. They have not lost. They have not looked good. Uh, their defense is getting it done uh, offensively. They've got a lot of work to do, like a lot of these other schools. Uh, number four, Michigan. Uh, I'll be the first to say these cupcake schedules. I think you're going to catch up to them at some point. Um, no worries this week, Rutgers. Although Rutgers is three and zero, and this Stop is it. not Stop this it. is not a Stop game it, that Tom. they can Stop sleep it. on. They can't look forward. Stop They're going to win. They're going to win. But uh, it's, it's the same old uh, Rutgers that we're used to seeing. 
Uh, and number five, Ohio State. Um, they put it together in the second half last week, 63 to 10, I think the final was. And um, will that kind of push to the next week? Uh, it remains to be seen. So he uh, said, stop it, stop it. Oh, stop. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see. Um, obviously, these, these top fives are, are, you know, fun to do based on what are we going to do? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like me trying to get my team motivated to play against Blake this weekend. Like I just, they're just like, stop it. We got this. They're easy. Well, well, you know, there's been some teams that have been very questionable. As we said, uh, Georgia, Michigan, you know, Florida state this past week, but there's some other, there's some other stats here that are pretty abysmal. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about our stats, folks. Uh, the reckless speculation, last man standing. Uh, we've combined NFL and college picks here. Ladies and gentlemen. I was um, looking good until last week. I, I'll be the first to admit, I I would love to say follow our, our picks. But, man, we are failing you at, at the rip. The Leading the way is Raj at 50%. I'm just yeah. below him at 13 out of 28 in the uh, cool man, cool hand Luke and uh, the I'm a lawyer are at 10 out of 28. Uh, so yeah, the moral of the story is don't dress up for these photos because you can't get games <laughs> if you dress up. <laughs> there is a lot of room, a lot of room for improvement. So moving on to the picks for this week. And we're going to start out with the big one of the week taking place in South Bend, Indiana. Game day will be in, in, a, in the house. Ohio State travels to South Bend to play Notre Dame. This is your wheelhouse, Brandon. What are your expectations? What are you, uh, I guess, what's your take? Do you think they have a chance? And will they be able to kind of feed off of the second half that they had last week? They're favored. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're favored by three. Um, it's going to be surprises me. That me surprises too. me. And that's yeah. going to piss Notre Dame off. On the it, it will. Um, you know, I, I see this game going. Uh, I think Notre Dame kind of gets out early. Uh on us and try to try to control the line of scrimmage, but I think we kind of bounce back in the second half. Um, I could see a you know a field goal game here, so the line's probably pretty accurate. But um, I think we got a good shot. I think we got a good shot. I, I saw a lot of good things come out of last week uh, against Western Kentucky. I know it's Western Kentucky, but listen, they do have a pretty decent offense. Um, they got a great wide receiver. I can't remember the dude's name, uh, but to slow them down, that that showed a lot. And then I really saw a lot of uh, good play out of the offensive line, which I hadn't seen the previous uh, two games. So that got me a little bit excited. Yeah, that that's the key on offense. And that was the first official start that McCord had. Um, he. I think he threw for two touchdowns, like 320-something yards. I mean, like 68% completion that game. So, he did really good. You know, being not having that kind of shoulder peeking over him if he's going to be the starter or not, I think right. clarifying that 
helped ease his mind a little bit. And he, and that he affects, kinda, I think that affects kids. I really do. For sure, dude. Knowing if that you're there's worried, somebody so worried about messing up and instead of slinging it and just throwing the ball and knowing that you're not going to get pulled for another guy coming in right behind you, you free it up, man. So yeah. he looked a lot better. So I, I think that was a good call to do that. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be a great game. I'm excited. We hadn't really played anybody all, so I don't even know what this team is against a good team. Right. So uh, that's that's what I'm anxious to see. But you know, Malachi we're soon going to find Jordan. out. Malachi yeah, and this is for Western Kentucky. Yes, 400 yards last year, over 100 receptions. They held dude. him in, you know, fairly in check, and and yeah, they like to sling it, dude. Last year, their quarterback had 40 TDs and 11 picks. Yeah, so, that's so I was impressed, game, but especially coming against Sam Hartman, you know, who's they haven't really played any well, – they played Navy, Tennessee State, and NC State, and then Central Michigan. I mean, they haven't really played anybody, so he's got some pretty good numbers here. I think he's 64, 90, 71% completion, um, and 13 TDs. So, I mean, they are slinging the ball. So, that that's why I was saying it, it makes me feel good matchup-wise coming into this game because uh, we faced a similar offense. You know, obviously not, not quite as skilled players, but – uh, that that wide receiver is pretty damn good, so uh, it made me feel a little bit more confident coming into this game. Robbie, these are two teams that that you know I discussed earlier that that we're not sure who they are, and I think uh, we're going to learn a little bit about that. Uh, with that being said, who needs this game more? Um, so I picked Notre Dame to lose this game earlier in the year. Um, I think Notre Dame needs it more because. Um, I think whether it's real or not, this Big Ten SEC bias and this alliance is 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 a real thing. So if Notre Dame loses this game, they don't get in the playoff. There's no way right. because so Notre Dame has to win. Ohio State doesn't have to win. <laughs> um, with that being said, though, <laughs> um, if Brandon picked Ohio State, I'm picking Notre Dame because Brandon sucks at these picks. <laughs> Well, well, Raj, you you just picked up some tickets for the USAC game here in a um, little, little less than a month that uh, we both will be in attendance for, which uh, watch out for reckless speculation from South Bend. But um, you were talking about the ticket prices of that game not being as high as you had anticipated, mainly, mainly because of this game coming up this week. Talk a little bit about some of the, the ticket prices that you came across. I mean, if you just look at a reseller site, like, you know, a stub hub, you know, if somebody from Notre Dame has season tickets, naturally the market, they may put them both up there um, because you can make a shit ton of money. And the market for Ohio State Notre Dame was, you know, three to four times that with demand being way higher because the game is coming up. Um, I got, you know, second 21 row 40 in in Notre Dame, um, halfway up the bowl. And yeah, for like 300 or so. And I remember paying more for the Bush push in 2005. It, you know, if Notre Dame wins this game and USC wins out, then expect to see those ticket prices higher than this. But yeah, you were looking at seven, eight hundred just to get in the building on some of the sites I saw. And right now, um, right yeah, now on game time, right now on game time, um, the cheapest ticket is six twenty-seven. That's insane. For- Corner end zone, uh, road 22. So, and that's without freaking, you know, fees and whatnot and all that. No, crap. it's 
Well, One of the cool things about game, game time, time yeah. you all the fees you can get the all in price. So that's that's you guys can thank Taylor price. Swift for that. Too. Yeah, you're right. Um, Eighteen hundred to sit um, thirty yard line, uh, like third row. So um, who who are y'all pick? Rods, who'd you pick in that one? It's gonna be smash mouth ugly, and I took I bet on Notre Dame because I got them at four and a half. Um, which was kind of what they were near opening. That was up when it first came out. The more we talk, Ohio State reminds me like Alabama and, and just run the fucking football. With their three backs, when they actually run the ball and Trianum, Trayvon Henderson, and Mayan Williams, they fucking aren't stopped. And it's one of those games that I could see just smash mouth both sides, or I could see Ohio State just finally buck up and be like, all right, Fuck you guys, we're coming here to play and just run their asses over. I still think Notre Dame I think they cover. All right, so we're 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 doing a plus three line. Notre Dame I'll plus still three. Stick with yeah. Notre Dame, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a smash mouth Ohio State run your ass over type of game because we're gonna right. see a lot of stuff this weekend that teams have not shown yet. So who what's your pick? Notre Dame. Okay. I I'll take Notre Dame as well. Raj uses a lot of words to, yeah, I know, I know. to answer questions. Uh, Four and a half, the, dude. Then the more I was thinking about it, and I looked when Ohio State runs the fucking football, they just dominate. You know, the first game, the each of those guys had like five or six carries. But one, I, I just got to I just got to keep our nest. Well, our, it was also it, we were still trying out for quarterback at that point. So they're trying to throw the crap out of the ball to see what kind of decisions these guys are making. And that's just not working. Which so. what's I, you know, which tells me they're going to run the fuck out of the ball and shove it down their throat, which is. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, it's also, you know, the offensive line looks so good. They were done. I mean, again, it's Western Kentucky. So do we really know, but they, they look to finally have some chemistry. So that gave me quite a bit of hope. That's why I started waffling on the spot. Moving on to the next game, Coach Prime with his first true test of the young season going up into Oregon to face the Ducks. They are a 21-point underdog. Robbie, who you got in this one? I think they run into the Eugene House of Horrors. Um, I think this is their first test. (laughs) Um, it's going to be raucous. Hopefully it's not at 9 a.m. Uh, I think it's at, it's at 1230 local, 330, 330, yeah, 330. So it'll time. be 1230 Pacific. Play the games at night, fucking TV, dickheads. Um, I'm going to take Oregon uh, minus 21. I think, I think it's a blowout. Brandon. I was going to pick that too, but now I want to go opposite of Robbie. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to stick with freaking. Mm. All right. Well, now I'm starting to hate my pick. I'm going to. I see what you're doing here. God, this is a tough one. All right. I'm going to stick with my original pick. I got, I got Oregon winning this one too. I think. Uh, Travis Hunter being out too is a big hit, um, both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, Oregon covers. Raj. 
God damn it, I forgot about Travis Hunter's lacerated liver. Fuck. Because I was all set on Colorado, and I'll... Because Oregon didn't do shit against Texas Tech. No pressure, nothing, and... and well, they did enough. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Oregon. I was all Colorado. I figured they can stay within three touchdowns, but I completely blanked on Hunter. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Oregon. Fuck. Tom? My bad. Oh! <laughs> I'm going lone wolf here. Give me Colorado to cover. I I think Shador can keep it within three touchdowns. I think... Three. I think um, okay. I think uh, Prime is going to get these guys motivated uh, enough to keep it, you know, respectable. Oregon's going to win. I like Colorado to cover. Heading down to Tuscaloosa, roll tide. We got Ole Miss coming in. The old nemesis going up against Saban. Um, Alabama seven point favorite here. Team doesn't have a quarterback that they can rely on. Going back to Milrow, they've kind of gone through the uh, the Rolodex of quarterbacks last week in the monsoon at Central Florida. Um, Raj, start us off here. What do you got? I'm going with Bama. At first, I thought that's a lot of points for two teams separated by two spots in the rankings. But I think Bama figured out in that ugly-ass game in the weather with Roy Dell Williams and, and Jace McClellan to run the fucking football. And that's one thing they can do. Ole Miss is not good against the run. Quinshawn Junkins is averaging 3.3 yards per carry after almost 2,000 last year. And they haven't exactly played the best teams in the world. Uh, I think Bama's going to smash mouth them and just kind of go back to basics and, and win by about 10. Brandon Chain. I like Bama too. I think I think they're getting their stuff together. So I'm going to agree with Raj on that one. Robbie Davis, who you, who you oh, got down God. there at there, the? Uh... You know, when I hear when I hear Brandon say a certain team and my <laughs> team's different, I'm like, yes. I think I think Brandon and I could try to put our collective thoughts together and still go eight for fifty. Um, <laughs> not only do I think Ole Miss covers, not only do I think Ole Miss wins, I think this is going to be the worst loss in the Nick Saban era. I think Ole Miss is going to lay it on them. So you know, there's a little extra in 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 the yeah. Game. Not only am I taking Mississippi, I'll take a money line, and I may. Uh, God, it's been so long since I've done this. What's it called when you uh, parlay? Parlay? No, no, spread the move the spread. Tease teaser. Oh. Yeah, yeah, tease it to Ole Miss being the favorite and still like them to cover. Ooh, ooh. I'll also be be sleeping under a bridge this weekend. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's not because of betting. That's because you're going to drink too much at a bachelor bachelor party. So Um, I will follow suit, Robbie. I like Ole Miss to cover and win this game. Um, I think Alabama's in shambles. I really do. Uh, They looked out of sorts. Uh, Milrow's got a better arm, but he's not accurate. And the other two quarterbacks, just they looked awful. Just awful. And uh, – I, I think uh, uh, it's it's doom and gloom in Tuscaloosa. For, for those for those of you who are old enough to remember the Chris Ricks era at Florida State, this is what this feels like. the 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 empire is 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 falling down. 
Yeah, I believe that. Uh, going down to Death Valley. Wow, look at that segue. The <laughs> the <laughs> Seminoles, who barely squeaked by Boston College last weekend, go down and plays uh, Clemson. Florida State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's not saying a whole lot. Vegas doesn't have a lot of confidence in this game. Uh, Robbie, we'll start with you. Who do you like in this one? And this is the damn ACC championship. Um, well, I'll take Miami's. Miami's there too. Uh, man, I think Davos lost today. They're they're at home though. I wish we could pick over unders, but that's not part of the game. Give me, give me FSU. All right, Brandon Chain. I'm going to take Clemson. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, FSU is not what I thought they were after watching last week. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm I'm going to – and Clemson did look pretty good. I know it was against, what, Florida Atlantic or somebody. But they they still – they look like they're gelling a little bit bit more. So they're going to be geared up for this game. It's at home. Give me Clemson. Whoever's on the losing end of me and Brandon this weekend, we're going to be batting about 20%. <laughs> Raj, what do you like in this one? The line's down to two when I last saw it. Um, I it, it is so ACC to not only have the game of the year, like Rob said, September 19th, but to have it at fucking noon. I mean, it's just such a joke. Uh, with the Pac-12 just behind that with USC Colorado starting at 10 a.m., uh, but I'm going Florida State. I, I just, I am not a K Club Nick believer, and I never will be. And um, I, until then, I'm gonna keep picking the other team. And you know, they 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 slept walk last week, so hopefully they have the wake up call they needed. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Clemson here. I don't trust Florida State. I I think that was a a telltale in Boston College on the road, uh, and if not for the, the the discipline issues that that Boston College had that score is different you know they they had mm-hmm. some pretty pretty bad penalties there late in the game that cost them so I really believe that Boston College uh, would have come out on top in that game if not for the 18 penalties so give me Clemson here in this game heading out to Utah you got the Bruins facing uh, Utah there uh, Four and a half spread for Utah, three thirty kick Eastern time, which would be one thirty uh, local there. Um, I'll start with this one. I like Utah. Utah's tough, tough to play at home. Um, we don't know if Cam Rising's playing yet, so that's interesting. But I, I still think that Dick always does that. He practiced today, and most people think he will play, and Vegas thinks he will play. Yeah, because uh, if he doesn't, this line will be less. Yeah, UCLA I, can get after the quarterback. I like the home field advantage here. Give me Utah, Robbie. Yeah, Utah at home. Um, I like UCLA. Chip Kelly though can always lay an egg. Um, Utah so tough at home. It's going to be early. Uh, yeah, give me Utah. Brandon, ditto. Utah. Raj Mehta. 
Yeah, this is just based on Cam Rising playing. Um, if he plays Utah, either way, Utah, obviously. But um, watch out for Dante Moore, the UCLA freshman quarterback. He is going to be Belleville. sensational. Belleville's exactly. own. He is going to be sensational. And yep. uh, in one or two years, he'll be in the Heisman conversation. I believe that. Absolutely. Heading over to Happy Valley, two teams that <laughs> they, they did not shake things up last weekend, that's for sure. The Hawkeyes going into Penn State. Uh, both teams, very lackluster uh, performances. Raj, who do you like this in the battle for the Big Ten? Damn, it's going to be a night game with a whiteout. Uh, I'll take the under. Um, I just, until Drew Allard shows me differently, Jesus, can Iowa score a point? I'm going to go with my gut, which I'm probably wrong, and go with Iowa based on defense and their back seven and um, just keeping that game in check. I have no idea how they're going to score. I have no idea about either of these teams too much, but I think it'll be a closer game than 14 and a half. It'll be 14. Brandon. I was going to say the exact same thing. 14, This I like getting this half-point swing here. Um and yeah, give me Iowa, Robbie. Uh, because Brandon took Iowa, I'll take Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> I will take one of us is going to break away, and one of us is going to be last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will take Iowa here. Um, oh, now I love years, Penn State. Two years ago, I, I think Penn State wins, but I think Iowa covers. Yeah. But two Same. years ago, uh, Cade McNamara connected with Eric All late in the fourth to seal a win for Michigan when they played at Michigan at Penn state. Um, so I look for similar uh, playing like that between those two guys. Um, I, I don't think they can score enough. Um, and then on the flip side, I don't think Penn state can score enough. They need to focus on their run game specifically, but um, 14 and a half is a high number. Give me Iowa to cover here. So that finishes up our picks for the college football weekend. Um. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Robbie's showing it's 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 probably all going to be boobkiss at that point. But uh, moving on to our final segment, ladies and gentlemen, some final words. And uh, Robbie, we're going to start with you. What's your final words for this evening? Um. Yeah. So the most interesting thing that I saw today was um as conference realignment went through and it's still going on. Um, as you guys may be aware, SMU is joining the ACC, but they uh, are foregoing television contract, I think for five or six years. Six years. Six years. So in the seven days since that's been announced, they have raised $100 million from boosters alone. From a GoFundMe, they're wow. they're trying to get to two hundred million dollars. They'll get there within the end of the end of the month. There is there a is wealthy private school in Dallas, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so yeah, so, so they're good. They've got a seat at the table. They're they're gonna those checks are gonna keep flowing. Um, wait for this to happen. Wait for the like once they get booster money and television money. Look out for what SMU is going to do. Yes, as Raj said, it's rich oil people in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Like, 
it's about to fly. If I'm buying stock in a in a program, I'm buying stock in SMU. Who was once a powerhouse with Craig yeah. James, Eric Dickerson, and the Gold yeah, Trans? They, they were cheating before it was cool legal. Today. Now everything they do, yeah, we were. This is what we do. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Brandon, what's your final thoughts for tonight? Final thoughts, uh, man. Finally, we got a, a good schedule in college football this week, so I'm looking forward to to that for sure. Um, a little nervous, a little anxious, but I think my Buckeyes can pull it out. Hopefully, so. That's my final thoughts. Raj Mehta, final thoughts. Uh, two things. Number one, um, it was great to see Eduardo Rodriguez of the Detroit Tigers finally come to Los Angeles. Pitched last <laughs> night. He got to do that. He was the guy that turned down a, or activated a no trade because of family or something else. He wanted to stay with the Detroit Tigers other than – or he could have been on a team that's going to win 100 games, and we sorely need him. But it was clear the Dodgers – even though they respect his family decision, didn't forget about it. And they commented on it and he lasted three innings, gave up five earned and JD Martinez, former tiger hit two, including one bomb off of him. And they commented, you know, a little bit on it. Like they didn't forget. And so you finally got the pitch in LA Eduardo. Sorry. It only lasted three innings. Not sorry. And then finally, you know, the Bay area schools in the pack, Arizona schools. Those are the only two regions that aren't ranked in the Pac-12. I can't believe it, dude. Eight of the 12 teams. That's, like, insane to me. That's never been the case, including four in the top 11. Uh, it's uh, leave it up to us to do it in our final year. Uh, all top five teams in passing offenses. Now, this is in true Pac-12 form, our Pac-12 schools. So, uh it's just uh, it's nice to see, but could have used this type of showing throughout all the shit-talking BCS years and getting humiliated. Uh, but then again, it's early, so uh, it, it's just a, it's so Pac-12 to do it in our final fucking year. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the unfortunate side of it. Well but, said. Uh, I think uh, the the big the Big Ten and the um, the Big Twelve are going to benefit from them coming over, but. Uh, my final thoughts for tonight are, as you can see on my thing, Harbaugh comes back this week. Um, no more cutting the grass before the game. No more taking his kids to McDonald's at halftime, which he did on one of the occasions, which is such a Harbaugh thing to do. But um, um, I forget who mentioned it earlier. Uh, their playbook definitely has been kind of um, limited. And I think as the season progresses, you're going to start to see you know, the, the chains come off, so to speak, uh, in that offense. I, I believe J.J. McCarthy is as good as it gets. Uh, you know, yeah, he had a bad game last week, but he'll be able to shake it off. He's got a, a, a good head between the, his ears. So um, I look for Michigan to kind of come out and, and open up the offense a little bit more. The defense has been, been real well. So uh, it'll be good to have Coach Harbaugh on the sidelines. Uh, because I think the, the kids really react well to to him. So, all right, fellas, we got Quick another question. one under. Our, what do you like? Do you like uh, twenty four on Michigan over Rutgers? Twenty four. Yes. Yeah, I think I think they'll get it. I think they'll get right. it. They're gonna they're gonna open it up a little bit more. I think you're gonna 40. see. 
at Washington State, by the way, a night game, Oregon State, Washington State, two ranked teams, DJU, minus three on the road at Wazoo. That'll be a great game. Yep. Yep. So we got awesome games Bet to look nuts. forward to this weekend. Um, stay tuned for our NFL kickoff, which we'll be doing here shortly. Um, we'll do uh, a, a recap of my experience at Ford Field uh, Sunday. Boy, that was deflating. But um, again, great show, fellas. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey. And just, and just predict, playing, right? it, even though, you know, it's, it's a lot to ask. Raj may be on time for this next show. I hope so. I hope he is. I'm, I'm not holding my breath. I do I'm need not, to get up and walk around. I'm not holding my breath. Again, uh, like, follow, subscribe on all the, the social media platforms. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. If you have any show topics that you want to cover, um, please do so. We love the interaction. And plus, it helps us. Uh, further the reach that we're trying to get to uh, for Robbie Davis, Brandon chain, and the one and only Raj Mehta. I am Tom Sloan. Look forward to seeing you guys here next week. Again, don't forget the NFL show. We'll see. You. Thanks for listening to another episode of reckless speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.